This week I'm joined by a special guest. Sam Neffendorf breaks people out of their long-term trances, behaviour patterns and beliefs that are keeping them sick, skint and stuck. As a meta-consciousness trainer, EFT trainer, matrix re-imprinting practitioner, he inspires people to stand up for themselves, reach new levels of health and realise their potential to have a thriving and wealthy life. Tapping and energy psychology techniques enabled him to escape from corporate life into doing something he loves and more importantly, become a dad naturally twice after being told this would be very difficult by his GP. He's joining us from his uh, beautiful home in Spain with his family and he hosts exciting retreats as well as working online with people worldwide, both individually and in group. Sam's deep-seated beliefs is that people who seek to make a difference are more effective when they are coming from a place of thriving financially. They feel able to support themselves and their families while sharing their gifts with the world. And with the current global situation where many people are experiencing their financial security being on shaky ground, it's never been more important to transmute your relationship with money. Throughout our conversation, we talk about EFT or tapping. If you're new to this, there is a resource that I've linked in the website. Essentially, it's tapping on meridian points in your body to release emotions and stuck energy. Um, Sam talks about this in a bit more detail, but if you're an absolute beginner, follow the link in the show notes and that will give you a good grounding on uh, what it is we're discussing. And one final point, the sound goes a little bit wobbly in the, in the middle. As I said, Sam was beaming in from Spain, so the Zoom connection wasn't ideal. But I've decided to leave it in uh, because there's some great stuff in there. And if you could just bear with one or two points of distorted sound, it's well worth to get the overall interview. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Sam Neffendorf. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. It's, it's great to, to speak with you. Um, so it's a very comprehensive set of skills and qualification you've, you've gathered together, and which I'm really keen to dive into there. Um, yeah. For, for the listener who may, may be new to this, this kind of field, what, what would you describe it, a tapping or energy psychology? What, what is it that you, that you actually do? Okay, yeah. So just looking at uh, the the work that I do and how I support people is I describe it as dehypnosis. So if you imagine that people throughout their life have built up a set of beliefs and emotional attachments to different aspects of life, it's conditioning basically, which is you know we people see hypnosis as this: you're getting sleepy type of thing and going into a trance but we're always whenever we have situations in our life which affect us especially ones that we'd consider as negative then they change up they can change our beliefs and they can change our emotions at that time and create subconscious patterns which we then follow throughout our life and what these techniques so things like EFT tapping and some of the other things that I do what they actually do is they help people to wake up and see these patterns that they've been running throughout their entire life, resolve their emotional connection to these things that might have happened when they were a tiny child and they're still been colouring their life ever since. And it's not that they forget the memory or anything like that, but it actually enables them to put it in the past and move forward in their life with a clean slate or even 
re-imprinting a more empowering belief into their into their subconscious so that and their conscious mind so that they can then yeah move forward differently oh, i like that yeah do you know I, I was watching something just the other day and they, they did an experiment where they asked um little little kids in a primary school i think they were sort of five or six um who can sing who can act uh, who can dance that kind of stuff who can play an instrument and you know 90 mm. yeah yeah i could do that even if they had no clue and then they asked a similar group aged about eight or nine the same questions and maybe only kind of 10 percent were very timid you know so, so something in that period as you say we get conditioned to sort of yeah accept limitations or the limitations that other people put on us totally and it's not really most of it's not really anyone's fault as mm. such because it's just you know you get good and bad conditioning passed on through your family situation through the beliefs of at school teachers through and that's what you said about that age eight or nine is really key because uh, at about age seven our brains change considerably and we start becoming able able to actually carry out critical thought so up, up until age seven everything that happens is very literal and we take it on as very literal and then from that age seven onwards people start children start thinking in a different way where they might interpret things differently than they had done before so yeah, it can really be a very pivotal point in people's beliefs mm. and understanding of the world around that time. Mm. And yeah, unfortunately, a lot of the conditioning does keep people playing small, feeling limited, even a tiny little thing that someone might have said like, oh, oh, she's shy or, oh, yeah, you're not you're not so good at that, are you? Or your brother's better than you or yeah. something like that. Little sort of off the cuff remarks that might not mean anything to an adult. Mm. Or, or you would rationalise away, can really embed at that point. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, so how did you how did you discover all this this wonderful world? What's what's your the transition, I suppose, or how did you, you collide with it? Right. Okay. So I worked in financial services, and I was an independent financial advisor, which I'd been doing for three years. This was back in two thousand and. 10 and before that I'd been in financial services for about 12 years with a break for two years when I went traveling and thought I'm never going back to financial <laughs> services nothing really you know it's not that there's anything wrong with financial services I've got lots of still got lots of friends who are working as IFAs etc and doing lots of great work for clients but it didn't resonate with me um, I didn't feel connected with it and yeah so I it went into this financial planning role. Um, I was guided by my head and not my heart. And even before I started it, I I saw it rationally as a good move, but my heart was already sinking when I uh, when I sort of agreed to take part in it. Yeah, and I ended up actually getting involved with uh, these holistic practices uh, through two aspects. One of them was just really not feeling in alignment. I was doing. Spoken term being into a lot back then, looking for something else, and the other was a um, desire to have children. And I was my GP. I was very unlikely to be able to have children naturally after I did some tests, and it was going to be a long and invasive process 
if we, we were going to have kids. So I started looking at holistic therapies at that point and I had really good results from them. And yeah, within three months, all of my level changed. I was tested fertility and uh, and I was no considered to be fertile. And then after that, one month after, um, yeah, my uh, let me she was pregnant, and now I've got a ten-year-old son now and four-year-old daughter as well. Wow! So amazing. so that was a great aspect of you know his therapies on that day. I've discovered EFT was at conference and I found out about there were people going into well court case which were very emotional court cases uh, to support clients and they were using this technique to keep themselves calm and grounded so they could perform at their best thought that's really interesting looked in and I was on a course two weeks later like an initial practitioner yeah and since then I've just been studying more and more I was able to help me transition out of financial services um, which quite challenging uh, because it was a it was my own well it was my own business not for anything else so, wow. uh, for there and there was a transition mode from that that went really well and I was tapping to keep me grounded and um, um as as we negotiated our way out of the business effectively and and then from just been using yeah tap lots of other techniques to build yeah really successful and life business helping lots of people so wonderful wonderful and then that leads you to this point where you're you're living the dream in the south of spain while uh, some of us are in chile uh, north of the uk <laughs> yeah it was it really helped us to um get out of here so here to because when we had a uh, yeah an unexpected unexpectedly told in bristol to move out of the property we thought was term we used these sorts of techniques my wife and i to start exploring what we wanted to life and it being stressful it became a really exciting opportunity try something else that took us out to Spain and then here we are yeah wonderful great stuff I love a, a success story um so let's say a, a potential client wants to come to you and, and they, they're experiencing money blocks or fears around money or something like that how how do you help them could you give some examples of clients of the successes that you've worked with yeah a young woman in um, North America and she was about to lose her job as a teaching assistant and it was because she no longer was would be qualified based on new legislation coming in so we really worked on her, again her fears always initially working on fears and limiting beliefs but then we started creating this vision for her life it was really an alignment with who she was and by connecting to that she was able to bring this sort of positive future into her life now and start feeling how she would feel if she was living that life and what that did is it changed her um it, it actually changed the actions that she took and her beliefs about what would be possible and she ended up crowdfunding um several thousand dollars to go on a 
holistic training retreat in Ecuador, I think wow. it was. And then when she got there, she loved it there. And then the organization actually hired her. So she ended up moving to Ecuador and having this really great job helping this um, this sort of holistic therapy training organization to um, well, and while she continued her studies as well, and then ultimately she became, yeah, a holistic uh, practitioner, um, living yeah, a really great life in the tropics, and yeah, completely, completely shifted everything in that respect. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of other there's lots of other examples. People, um, yeah, individually, and also I've run some group programs um where it's really great working in a group with tapping techniques because you can be listening to somebody else's problems and them tapping on their stuff and while you're tapping you're also clearing unconsciously your energy and your beliefs around money and it can help like there's one one woman who's an actor as well as a holistic practitioner and just through listening along to other people what they were working on it cleared some old family stories that she had. And then within like a couple of weeks from that, she let me know that she had three new clients and she'd also got a really good acting job um, on stage in London. So wow. that was a really, really nice one. So. Yeah, wonderful. I, I, I'm just thinking as, you, as you're, you're talking there, I mean, I'm a believer, absolutely. But uh, there may be people who are listening who, who are perhaps cynical skeptical whatever and let's say someone was in a really kind of dark situation maybe they've just lost their job they've got bills piling up they're not they're worried about how they're going to make their rent next month surely they should be focusing on practical tangible things rather than the emotional how, how would you counter that argument i think you need to focus on both you can and what often happens in those situations is people make decisions based on fear and when you make a decision based on fear, it's generally not a great decision. So you can uh, now if you can work with someone and do some tapping and actually explore your fears, limiting beliefs, that can be really powerful. Uh, however, you can if, if you've got not got money to get going with that sort of thing. There are there's lots of free resources available where you can learn the basics of these techniques for self care and be able to start just clearing day-to-day -day stress mm. as well so if people if let's say someone's got an action they need to take and it might be write their cv and send it out to employers and recruitment agencies or something like that yeah it could and that might not yeah if but if that was the action then they, then they think about doing that and then they've got this fear comes up in their body. Oh, I hate writing CVs. It's going to be really boring. It's going to be really difficult. Yeah. yeah well, I, I, know I feel like fail. a fraud, whatever. So <laughs> all this me. stuff, and that's what they can clear with tapping. Right. And then they can, and then they then be more clear and free to be able to write their CV and feel confident mm. sending it out. And I was just working with someone um, in the last few weeks and she booked with me for, a number of sessions for health issues actually but what happened was she had a um an interview lined up um it was the first time she had a job interview for years and then she ended up getting the job and that was after the first session that we did mm. and it just it helped her to feel more confident and ready 
for the interview and also less attached to the outcome, like it wasn't the end of the world if she didn't get it, which, of course, enabled her to perform much better. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah, I, I like that. Something has to happen before there's a reaction, isn't it? You know, if, the, if your thoughts or your beliefs are blocking your, your action. If you don't take the actions, you're never going to get the results. So it's kind of working backwards and unpicking that. Yeah, yeah totally. I mean, when people talk about the law of attraction, mm. but of course, there's the word action is in attraction. And you can't, if you sit there meditating and thinking positive thoughts or whatever, then it's not likely that the life that you desire is going to flow your way unless you unless you want to sit on top of a mountain meditating in which case (laughs) great um not practical for all of us but yeah so nothing really brings up those limiting beliefs stronger than actually having to take some action towards Mm. creating what you want in life and then so it's such a rich way to go in and start clearing that stuff yeah that's fantastic so you mentioned positive thinking there Mm. Um, but previously I've heard you talk about the power of negative thinking so that's a very different approach could could you just talk about that for a second totally yeah so it fits in with what we just mentioned there uh is yeah a lot of people think that and the personal development industry is very much to blame for this blame is not really the right word but is responsible for this with how it was but yeah there's a lot of oh you've got to just think positive ignore Mm. the negative but the reality is your, ne- your so-called negative thoughts and beliefs, they're not really negative. They've got a purpose anyway. They're, they're trying to keep you safe is probably the biggest purpose for most of them. Right. And they also, yeah, they've, they've got, they can also really help you to change your life. Now, the great thing about EFT is that you do focus on, you focus on the negatives. You focus on the things that cause you to feel bad. You focus on the limiting beliefs and the emotional blocks uh, and the tapping and the way that you talk while you're doing some EFT, it can bring some real lightness and uh, insight to them. So you can clear these old sort of limiting thoughts, thought patterns, emotional blocks, whatever, and then they're no longer affecting you anymore. And they, instead of being like obstacles to your success, they actually can become steps to your success. So how it, how it works specifically with the process that I do called the power of negative thinking is that I get people to think about an objective or a desire that they have in their life and really imagine, first of all, imagine that in a positive way. So imagine they've already got it and think about how great it would feel to be having that experience or living that way, taking those actions, whatever it is. And then I get them to tune into the little voice, the the inner saboteur, the like sort of a dead shoulder telling them how they're not there and what the reasons that they're not going to succeed in that. And then once you've got that, they write down those and them a score about how powerful of those reasons is to blocking them and then that gives you great things to tap on then they, they start clearing first of all the the feeling that they've got in the moment about that issue whatever it is and then you track that back to earlier times in their life when they felt the same sort of fear or 
whatever other emotion, anger, stress, low self-esteem, whatever that might be holding them back from carrying carrying out those actions and then help the younger self, whether that's the inner child or um, or even themselves as an adult when they form beliefs to to change their perception about what might be possible. So, so then these, all of these, oh, I can't do that because it would be scary for me to stand up and talk to a room of people or something like that. They become objectives for, for them rather than obstacles. Mm. Oh, that's great. I, I like that. That's, it's kind of like um, in, in a sales training, a, a sort of handling objections. You're thinking you're making your pitch and, and what's the client going to say or what questions might they ask, you know, and, and getting prepared with that ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. That, it, that's a really interesting approach. That's reminded me of a of a client actually, where he was a web designer, and he was hated making sales calls. It was the bane of his life, <laughs> yes. as so many self employed people do, yeah. and employed people. In fact, it's it, it feels really scary to mm. be making these, especially cold calls, yeah. and all the fears of rejection and everything can come up, which might track back through your life. And he was on one of the very early group workshops I did where I was doing them face-to-face rather than online and he again he was totally skeptical he was dragged along by his girlfriend but he sent me an email saying that since just by sitting there and tapping along while other people were working on their stuff he found that he suddenly had no problem making these calls anymore and he started landing clients and becoming really successful that's amazing yeah fantastic Something else I've heard you talk about are the three layers of belief affecting wealth. Are you able to expand on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. It also fits in with that power of negative thinking process because, yeah, we have, well, whether it's wealth or any other area of life, it could be dating, it could be sporting achievement or whatever. If it's, but let's say it is wealth. If it is, if you've got something going on in your life now that you're feeling is stopping you from having, we'll call it financial success. Uh, So an example might be, oh, I can't make money at the moment because of all the restrictions going on due to the pandemic. So something like that, there's a belief there. And that's like a current conscious thought that seems rationally to be holding you back. But then if you track that back, if you, how you do it is you get the person to actually tune into how they feel in their body, the emotions that come up when they think of that belief. And it could be they might feel a sense, it could be they get have a sense of isolation, for example, or a fear of trying to sell to people who are in a tight situation at the moment, or they're perceiving there's a tight situation for people at the moment. So they might not want to try and they might feel but by burdening people, by selling to them or something like that. So then there's a deeper belief there. There's an emotion there. And then you use that emotion to track right the way back to where they first formed that sort of belief about money. And it will often go to childhood and it could be a conversation they heard between their overheard between their parents, for example, or an argument between parents about money. Um, and then there could so there could then be a belief that there's not enough money in the world or it's inconsiderate to try and uh, sell to people when when there's 
difficult times going on or something like that. And then what could then happen from that is it could go even deeper. So the money belief, that's like the second layer. And that could then go even deeper and go to a real core belief, which could be something like I'm unlovable, um, which shows up in their fear of rejection, something along those lines. And, and those very early core beliefs, which color really color our entire life, they don't have to have massive traumas attached to them. People think that these beliefs are caused by big traumas and they can be, mm. but it could be, you could be in a basically loving family environment and maybe be two or three years old and something might happen like your mum turns around and looks at you with an angry look. And in the moment that is a, that causes the little child to freeze in fear and think mum doesn't love them, but it could just be totally unrelated. Mum had had a bad day or she just heard some sad news about a relative or something like that. And when she turned around, that look was there and it just starts forming this little seed of a belief, mm. um, which then once you've got these core beliefs, your brain starts noticing them over and over again and noticing evidence to prove you right over and over again. And which is basically a safety mechanism trying to keep you trying to keep you safe and the subconscious mind doesn't really doesn't really care if you are happy successful free whatever it's all about safety um all these safety mechanisms from prehistoric times effectively so mm. yeah so these tiny things can then so that's like the core that would be the third layer of belief and it could be more than three you could find these beliefs really track back but ultimately to this very core which often isn't to do with money at all it would be a foundational thing like I'm unlovable or people reject me or I'm not good enough all the sort of classics that so many people in the world have changing all sorts of things in their life yeah oh that's absolutely yeah fundamental that's that's really good so, so a, lot, a lot of what you're saying is talking about healing the past or coming to terms with the past what, what's important about having a, a vision for the future yeah, I like to help people to, I, I think that healing really comes from the future as well. So it's really great to go searching for all these limitations from the past and clearing some of them, but it can become quite obsessive and people can get stuck in that for a very long time, um, clearing every and fine tuning every bit without actually taking action. And what you can do to really support yourself is actually create this vision that's in alignment with who you are mm. to do that the best way I know of doing that is to first of all really understand your values uh, so values are things like freedom love health abundance uh, fun safety those sorts of things and work out which ones are individually important to you so you're then not just trying to chase the somebody else's dream of the things that you know you've got to have the nice house the partner the car the job which nothing wrong with those things if they're in alignment with your values mm. not everyone is in alignment with not everyone's values do require those things in their life so getting really clear on the values first of all and then getting into a space of really connecting to those values and how they feel in your body and from there visualizing the life that you want and then use once you've done that and got a really clear vision of that and I've got a guided process that I use with people either individually or uh, as a recorded version as well and 
then yeah, and from that point, they can yeah, basically they can see the vision of how their life would be if they were living in alignment with their values, and then start taking making a note of actions that they could take to move towards that. Mm-hmm. And then you, you can it sort of draws you towards those outcomes. It's also it's also training your brain to start noticing opportunities unconsciously to start moving towards that that vision as well. I like it. No, that's absolutely great. So our time's coming to a, a close, Sam, but, but uh, before we go, how can people find you online and find out a bit, mo- bit more about what you do and, and where you are? Okay. Well, the best way is to go to my website, which is eftnow.co.uk. And then there's opportunities on there. You can sign up for various free uh, things and then you'll end up on my uh, mailing list so being aware of any of the courses or uh, anything like that that I'm running or you can also I think there's also yeah there's also a link on that page to a a program called bust out of your money box uh, which is one that it used to be a it was a live workshop then it became an online workshop and because of the situation that we've had over the last couple of years, uh, where I think you know a lot of people's perceptions of money and how they might make money in the future and, and their beliefs about money have been shaken and changed, it's really, I think it's really important that people address their limiting beliefs um, around money so they can move forwards and really thrive in, you know, everything is is changing considerably financially for a lot of people might be that they're no longer the jobs don't exist anymore and they they might have held themselves back from being self-employed in the past and could be great opportunities that kind of thing Mm. um but yeah that course is because because of this situation i just want you know people to be able to clear these beliefs and live a more happy and fulfilling and free life then yeah basically it's on a pay what you want basis at the moment Great. Well, wonderful. I, I hope a lot of people will come and explore that because it sounds like it's very timely. A lot of people seem to be in transition at the moment, as you said, yeah. with all, the whole lockdown and, and reassessing their lives and their values. So this sounds like a very, uh, a very timely opportunity. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, in many ways, it's, it's been a great way for people to reassess their lives and think about yeah, what they're going to do moving forward. So, yeah, hopefully it will support a lot of people. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for joining us. Yeah, cheers, Dan. It's been, yeah. a, been a real pleasure. So I very much hope you enjoyed that episode on the Fearless Finance podcast. If you want to connect with Sam, his website again is eftnow.co.uk and check out the show notes for links to the EFT guide that I mentioned earlier. Thanks again for joining us. Look forward to catching you again. Bye for now.